Thanks for tuning in on Apple or Spotify to listen to another brand new episode of The Eye Test. Before we start the show, please take five seconds to leave a review. Since we don't sell you anything, this is the best way to help us grow. We would really appreciate it. Thanks again, and enjoy the episode. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Eye Test brought to you by Belly Up Media. I'm here with Bobby Amendola, and today we are putting more players into the fantasy doghouse. You can see the two that we put into the fantasy doghouse in yesterday's episode when we were handing out week two fantasy awards. But today we're going to be throwing some more players in there, players that we are just not happy with, not talking to, giving them the silent treatment. And we are also allowing a couple players to get on probation. Uh, and we can talk about those players right now, Bob. We did have some some players that really improved from week one. Players like Josh Allen, DeAndre Swift, he looked great. He actually won our Most Improved Player Award uh, in yesterday's episode. Jalen Hurts looking like a top three quarterback. Lamar Jackson looking like a top five. Terry McLaurin is looking like maybe he's recovering from that turf toe injury and not getting beaten out by Jahan Dotson. Uh, then we got DJ Moore. We got Drake London, T. Higgins is swapping hands with another Bengal today. Rashad White, Paul would be super proud of. Unfortunately, he's on vacation this week. Uh, I wish that he could be here to talk about him because Rashad's schedules is looking pretty, pretty tough. He may be back in before Paul even gets back. Uh, and then we got Christian Kirk and the Seattle Seahawks defense. They put up double digits this week. So congratulations to those players. They're on the fantasy probationary portal. Uh, all they have to do to get free, Bob, is perform this good or you know as good as they're projected to be, and they don't have to go back into the doghouse. But if they do perform, underperform rather, uh, they're going right back into the into the fantasy doghouse. Yes, they are. It's going to get very interesting. It's going to get very interesting once people get out of the doghouse, and then a week later they're back in the doghouse <laughs> because they had a terrible game. And it's going to help you viewers here that are watching on YouTube, which if you are, you can go ahead and subscribe to our channel. But it is going to help you guys out because you can start to track the inconsistencies and consistencies of uh, these players here. So this is a fun type of episode that we're doing, but it is also very helpful. So we appreciate any likes or shares to this video as you view it. We appreciate it a lot. Let's head on over to... The doghouse. The doghouse. Dog so right now you're seeing three players in here already. Uh, Justin Fields is automatically in because he was in here last week and he's staying in. If you remember from last week, DeAndre Swift got a free ticket to the doghouse. He is obviously on probationary, uh, the probationary portal now. But the other two players that we have coming in, we got Jamar Chase tagging out T. Higgins. He's taking his spot. He's like, thanks for making your bed, T. And then we got Khalil Herbert. So you can go back to our episode from yesterday when we were handing out week two fantasy awards. Jamar Chase and Khalil Herbert, they got those free tickets to join Justin Fields, who got a free ticket after week one. Now, Bob, let's start talking about 
the other players that are also staying in. All right. So last week, last week, T Higgins was bunking with Joe Burrow. And this week, Jamar Chase is bunking with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow stays in the fantasy doghouse this week. He had a much better week this week compared to his week one. He put up 16 points, but he just hasn't looked like the typical Joe Burrow that we're used to. And he was being drafted in, you know, as a top five quarterback. And I think when you're drafting a top five quarterback, you're expecting, you know, at a bare minimum, 18 points, but you're likely expecting 20 plus points. And Joe Burrow hasn't cracked that number yet. He has, he's averaging like 150 passing yards a game through the first two weeks. And that's just not good enough for a top five quarterback or a guy that was being drafted as a top five quarterback. So he stays in the fantasy doghouse through week two, which I don't think a lot of people would or were expecting. Yeah, no, definitely not. And this guy, I don't think we were expecting either. George Kittle is staying in. Yeah. He he cannot escape. Uh, lots of, I guess, positive performers on the Niners. Brock Purdy included in that. Uh, CMC, obviously. And then Debo and Ayuk are looking okay. I mean, but George Kittle, I, he's getting low volume for a, a top five projected tight end, highly drafted. He's one of those guys that we are saying, you know, if you're not getting Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, there's really no point in getting a tight end in like the third, fourth, fifth round. Uh, and a lot of people made that mistake drafting George Kittle and they are uh, paying suffering from the consequences here. George Kittle, three catches, 30 yards, not good enough to get on probation. Yeah, very another surprising guy because he had a lot of really good numbers with Brock Purdy last year. So maybe it's just he just needs a little bit more time for some regression to the mean, but definitely not what people are expecting. Another and tight end. Real quick, Bob, real oh, yeah. quick. He is going against the Giants next week, so I'm expecting Kittle to dominate. Uh, actually, it's going to be uh, tonight He's he's going against the Giants. So he is totally going to get out of the doghouse. Yeah. Yeah. If, it, if he's going to do it, it should be next week. And this is another guy, another tight end that was being drafted pretty high as well. And that's Dallas Goddard. This guy was really, really good last season. And people were drafting him as if he was going to be just as good as he was last season. And what is it? gotten them so far it's gotten them a uh, goose egg and a uh, five point performance in or actually a little bit Eight, more right in, yeah yeah and that's in full ppr i'm looking at half ppr numbers right okay. now but he had six catches for 22 yards and abysmal an abysmal 3.67 yards per catch and this is a guy that was jalen hurt's favorite target in the red zone last year before he got hurt and now it just seems like they're start. The Eagles are starting to transition to you know Devonte Smith more and AJ Brown obviously as well. So you know it's still too early to say, but it may be that you know Dallas Goddard may just not be what he was last year with the amount of mouths that there are to feed in the Eagles' offense, and they're going up against the Tampa defense next week. I think I think Dallas Goddard is probably going to stay in the doghouse and it's going to be hard for him to get out unless he he just looks like he's going to be a touchdown dependent guy this season if he's not getting, you know, more air yards. 
Yeah, it's gonna. It's always super hard to predict with the with the Eagles' offense and all those mouths to feed. I will say, if there's an injury to Devontae Smith or AJ mm-hmm. Brown, and Dallas Goddard can now become that second preferred target, I think that's when we can really start to expect him to enter probationary and possibly become a free man. Yeah, Tampa Bay, man, their defense is good. They're they're really good against running backs, so maybe that'll force Eagles to throw more. We'll see how they adapt, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about Najee Harris. Oh this guy God. and everyone, <laughs> he was a second and third round draft pick uh, across fantasy this year, and he is like putting up week one DeAndre Swift numbers. 10 attempts, 43 yards, and three targets for one reception and zero yards. I mean, it is not looking good for the Steelers. And honestly, Paul predicted it, and I agreed with him last week. He was predicting Najee to get out onto probation because it was like a divisional rival. You know, usually that's like hard-nosed football, running the ball, close game, got to mix it up between passing and running. And Najee is is looking like he's losing his job to Jalen Warren, Bob. Yeah, I, I agree. I I think a lot of, at this point, a lot of people are holding out hope that he's just going to return to the Najee Harris that he was his rookie year. But frankly, he wasn't even that good running the ball in his rookie year. The reason he was so good is because he was catching like eight passes a game from washed up Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. And he's clearly not doing that with Kenny Pickett now. So, you know, <laughs> a guy that was going in the second or third round, he's he's looking like a bust at this point, and I don't think he's going to get out of the doghouse, especially next week going up against Buffalo. He's going against the Raiders, actually. Oh, excuse, excuse um, me, I was looking at a wrong, looking at the wrong player. That's okay. Yeah, he's going against the Raiders. So you bring up a good point. The Raiders' defense is not good. So if there is a chance for Najee to redeem himself, he's got the Raiders and then Houston. He's got a chance to be a free man over the next two weeks. Unfortunately, he goes up against Baltimore in that third week, so he could find himself back in before the bye week. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't, I'm not holding out faith on him. He's looking. It's looking pretty rough. It's looking like how it did last year. And people were kind of hoping that since he, you know, started performing well towards the end of the year, he's going to carry that into this season. And it just hasn't happened yet. When you're putting up five points in full PPR as a second or third round draft pick, it's yeah, it's not terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. All right. Who we got next? We got Antonio Gibson guy that is staying in the doghouse again. And Unlike some of these other guys that we've been talking about, he wasn't drafted terribly high, but he did have expectations. And it just looks like it's Brian Robinson's job now, frankly. You know, he only had three catches this week. He did have 44 yards, so I'll give him that. He did much better than he did in week one, where he only put up 1.4 points. But again, it's just looking like Brian Robinson's offense. And Antonio Gibson is kind of an afterthought when we thought that he would be the guy catching passes out of the backfield and Eric Bieniemy's offense. And it just hasn't happened yet. And this is the guy that's playing Buffalo next week. And I don't think it's going to happen against Buffalo. Yeah. Now he, he is losing that job to Brian Robinson. I, I think Brian Robinson can probably beat out Kyle Pitts for his job. Even uh, <laughs> Kyle Pitts is just so bad. We continue to get played by him every year. We think it's every- his year. And I mean, dude, you're putting up an average of five, four and a half points over the last two weeks. One of those, the first week was against Carolina's defense. And it's like, how are you not getting involved? He's getting 
three targets, five targets, catching two balls each game, uh, yards per seven yards per catch. Okay. That's not bad, but it's like, you're only catching it twice. Like the Falcons offense besides Bijan Robinson. And I guess Tyler Algier is really, really bad. You know, Drake London is showing signs of improvement, I guess, but it's just not looking good for Kyle Pitts. And I don't know what his problem is. Like I need to just like solely watch the Falcons, I think, and just like watch Kyle Pitts. Like what is wrong with him? Is he getting, is it, is he is Desmond Ritter not throwing him catchable balls? Is he not a good route runner as we thought he was? Because that's what we all thought he was great at was like he's a smaller like wide receiver and like Dalton Kincaid already looks better than him. Yeah, I mean I think it's definitely the Arthur Smith offense, you know, but it seems to be specifically tailored to slighting Kyle Pitts for whatever reason and. Maybe he's just not as good as we thought he, you know, was coming out of college. But this is a consistent pattern now. We're in year three of Kyle Pitts, yeah. you know, unless he's going to another team, which he's probably not, then he just is what he is at this point. At You know, just for for Kyle Pitts to get out of the doghouse, we really only need to see maybe like 10 points. We're like, OK, he could be put on probation, yeah. but he's just not even coming close to that where it's like. Like, there's no consideration at all. He feels like a season-long doghouse guy. Besides for maybe a random week, we'll have a touchdown, and I'll push him to, like, maybe 12 points. Yeah, and, like, you know, there's no point in playing the 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 matchup game with Kyle Pitts. Like, it doesn't no. matter if he's going against a green defense or a defense that gives up a lot of points at tight ends. Like, at this point, he is a benchable tight end. You, you should he, not be starting Kyle Pitts. I don't care if he's going up against the Lions next week. He's honestly, besides for name recognition, I'm just going to say it, he's borderline droppable Like yeah, at this point. He is. Like, yeah, that's what it is. It's it, People won't drop him, though, because they don't want to show that they're like wrong. They're, but like, he is pointless on your bench. There's waiver wire tight ends that are putting up better numbers than him. Yeah, unless you're – go get Hunter Henry. Unless you're in Dynasty, Kyle Pitts is – pretty much useless in redraft leagues until otherwise proven. Obviously people won't drop him because of the name recognition and everything, but he's not putting up any points and he hasn't shown that he could really put up points in his three year career yet. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but moving on to another guy that is staying in the doghouse, Josh Jacobs, another guy that was drafted extremely high after his career year last season, but, it's a career year for a reason, and he, he he's looking like a bust at this point. Only two weeks in, obviously, and he's probably knocking off some rust after the mini holdout that he had, but he has not looked good at all. Hasn't eclipsed 10 points either in either of his games, and he is getting the opportunities. He's played 80% of the snaps in week one. He played 73% of the snaps in week two. The yards per carry are just horrible. In week one, 2.5. <laughs> this past week, it was negative. It's really bad for Josh Jacobs right now. And although he did catch five passes this week, it wasn't enough to really have him make him have a relevant fantasy day. And I would be concerned right now if I was a Josh Jacobs owner. And it doesn't get any easier for him. They're going up against the Pittsburgh defense next week. And I just think he's going to have a tough time as well next week. And, 
you know, what is the standard for him getting out of the doghouse? I would like to see, you know, a 15 point game. Can he get 15? Sure. Do I think he's going to? I, I don't. I think he's going to be in the doghouse after wow. week three. Wow. That's <laughs> not going to be good. I mean, people were spending high draft capital on him. Oh, that will not be good. Yeah, Let's talk I mean, about. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just like, they're projecting him right now. Maybe it'll change as it gets closer to the game, but they're projecting him for an 11, 11 and a half points right now. And <laughs> that's a far cry from where everyone thought he was going to be. So again, maybe it's just some rust, but when you're trying to win and try and compete for a playoff spot, your second, your likely second round pick, you know, not touching 10 points yet is, you know, a recipe for disaster. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Kadarius Tony here. We were saying that he's going to be in all year long, Bob. <laughs> and I, I'm just saying you it know, was close. It was close. Yeah, it was close. He, he scored eight points, <laughs> which is so <laughs> funny that we're expecting that to be good. But like, you know, to some teams, he is a flex play. Maybe not in week two after that week one performance, but you did see him catching all of his passes, uh, which was the main reason we threw him into the doghouse because he he caused he was a reason that the Chiefs lost uh, in week one for not catching the ball. Easy, easy balls, too. So he went five for five for 35 yards, you know, nothing crazy. And of course, he had to fumble the ball. So he stays in. However, if he continues this uphill improvement, he does have the Bears in week three. So I'm just saying, uh, if it's any week that we can see Kadarius Tony get into probation, it's this week. He may have to enter a plea deal to be put out on good behavior. You know, if he can put up 10 points, I think I may give him uh, a pass based on good behavior. I think Kadarius Tony, if he can get 10 points, deserves to be in the probationary portal because he's not one of these guys, some of these guys that we've named so far, that had massive expectations. You know, if, you, if you're if you starting Kadarius Tony and you get 10 points, you're probably pretty happy with that. Yeah, because you're probably dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Yeah. <laughs> you probably had Chubb, Rodgers, and J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I guess I got to start Kadarius Tony this week. Yeah, and if you were really relying on Kadarius Tony be, to be a significant piece of your fantasy, fantasy team then you probably already lost <laughs> yeah <laughs> right exactly all right so then we've got another guy staying in here is cam Akers. what is going on with cam Akers? this happened yikes it is it's the yikes cam yikers um, <laughs> yeah it's not good dude like this happened last year too where like week one he wasn't even utilized Versus this year, he was, and he sucked. Thankfully, he got one touchdown, so he didn't have two points. But, I mean, healthy scratch week two, Bob. And it looks like they're going to trade him yet again. I mean, this happened all last year where he he was in the doghouse in real life uh, with, with Sean McVay. And now he is in the doghouse again with us and with the Rams. And he's probably going to get traded. And... Honestly, I hope that he can be good somewhere else because I was pretty high on him this offseason. Not high enough to get any shares of him, which I am now thankful for. But yeah, uh, it's not even worth projecting if he 
what his matchup looks like. I mean, he's going, they're going against the Bengals, but I don't think he's going to play. He's probably going to get traded before week five or something like that. So I would hold on to Cam Akers, especially in dynasty leagues, because uh, really in both uh, don't drop him yet. See where he gets traded first. Cause it's going to happen in the next month. So just hold on to Cam Akers, bench him. Uh, and you'll thank yourself later. If he lands on a team with a lot of opportunity. And then now we're going into uh, who's entering, Bob. Who so entering Alexander Madison is is coming in. Welcome in, Alexander. Spread your cheeks. Cough twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alexander Madison, a guy, you know, a, a guy people were so excited about. We talked about the Madison tingle last year when we were first getting started because when he replaced Dalvin Cook when Dalvin Cook was injured. Sometimes he played pretty well, but through two weeks of him being the workhorse back in Minnesota, the results haven't been great. This past week, he only put up, didn't even put up five points. His yards per carry is really bad. It's below four. And honestly, if he didn't have a touchdown in week one, he would have had another game where it was just five points. He's been extremely inefficient. Granted, they haven't given him the ball that much. He only has doesn't even have 20 carries through two weeks. But even in the passing game where supposedly he was supposed to thrive and everything like that, his yards per catch is really bad. Again, another one that's below four. And he wasn't going like terribly high where it could potentially cost you, you know, the season, but he was going in like the fifth, sixth round where you're like, okay, if I draft him as my RB two, I feel pretty good. And he's the RB 35 right now through two weeks. So welcome in Alexander Madison. I think you have a good chance to get out next week against the chargers. Their defense really hasn't been that good so far. And they're known for being bad against the run. So the chances there I just don't know if they're going to give him the volume. It doesn't seem like they want him to be, you know, just seems like they just want Kirk Cousins to be slinging the rock all game, honestly. Yeah. They clearly don't have as much faith in him as we were led to believe, you know, going into the season. And it kind of makes sense because if they did have a lot of faith in him, they would have turned this Dalvin Cook and Madison duo into like an actual committee, but they never did. So. Yeah. It, if you look back, you see all those red flags. There was no reason to think that Madison can handle a bell cow role. Damian Pierce, Bob, another guy who's entering in. He was like a fourth or fifth round player this year, drafted in fantasy leagues, and he's not putting up those types of numbers. So let's talk about him a little bit. Yeah, I'm very tired of, although I think it, this principle does apply in a lot of situations across fantasy, I'm tired of hearing the volume excuse for Damian Pierce. I don't think Damian Pierce is that good. He hasn't, he had a couple good games last year and maybe he turns it around this year, but you know, he's gotten 26 carries through the first two games and <laughs> he's barely averaging, you know, three yards a carry which is really bad for a guy that's getting that type of volume. He's not involved a lot in the passing game, has barely touched five points through the first two weeks in each game. And honestly, after this week, it's looking like the CJ Stroud show in that, in that passing game now with Tank Dell, Nico Collins, 
and who? What's the other guy? They got Mechie there, and they got oh, Dalton. Yeah. Schultz. I mean, they got Dalton Schultz. He hasn't been yeah. doing much, but, but yeah. But it just doesn't. I just don't think the stars are going to align for Damian Pierce this year. And again, what are we expecting for him to get out of the doghouse? That's what the question is. That's what we want to answer. Again, I think the line is probably like you know 10, 11 points. You know, we're like, okay, I think he could probably get out now, but. He's still. I just don't think he's going to be a relevant option for the year. If you're relying on him to be your RB2, I think you're going to be more disappointed than not throughout the course of the season, especially if this, if CJ Stroud continues to excel, you know, especially with how he was this week. Yeah, I mean, if Damian Pierce's only hope is if, if they're going to rely on CJ Stroud to pass the ball, then hopefully it's to Damian Pierce and he can get involved into that passing game, but it's just not looking at uh, looking like that at all. How about Isaiah Pacheco, Bob? Another guy that kind of reminds me of like the Damian Pierce theory where it's like, you know, you had flashes and then all of a sudden you're being looked at as like an RB2. When reality, you were a flex player the whole entire time and riding the bench more often than not. You were a fill-in flex for when there were injuries. That's what you were. And that's what Pacheco, that's what Damian Pierce are. Yeah, and, I, I, yeah go ahead. A common theme among these three running backs that we've talked about that are now entering the doghouse is that they're pretty much touchdown dependent, you know, and in Pacheco's case, he's in a Patrick Mahomes led offense. And we know Patrick Mahomes is airing out the ball. He's not handing the ball off a ton. I'm actually surprised Pacheco got 12 carries this past week, and he actually was pretty productive with them. It just didn't really translate into anything you know he only got carries didn't get any targets or anything like that finished with like seven and a half points 5.83 yards a carry it's good you know it looks good but it doesn't really translate to fantasy success and i think you know if you're starting pacheco if you're in that unfortunate situation you just are really hoping that he could get a touchdown and then put you in that like 12 point range so yeah, and he Again. is going against the uh, Chicago Bears this week. So I am starting Pacheco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. It- I, he's out of the doghouse this week. He's I'm, out of the doghouse this week. I'm giving him one more week starting on my roster. If he can do well against the Chicago Bears and help me win, I'm happy about it. But then he's got the Jets. Then he goes back to Minnesota, Denver. So like he does have some promise where he could be going back and forth between the doghouse and probationary, uh, the probationary portal. But we'll, we'll see with Pacheco. Uh, up next, Bob, we've got AJ Dillon. And I mean, we thought that he could do Yikes. well volume wise because Aaron Jones was out, but I guess that's not the case for AJ Dillon. No, <laughs> the theme is running backs right now for all the guys yeah. entering the doghouse. And, you know, AJ Dillon over the course of the past couple of years as Aaron Jones's backup has been a good fill in, but mm-hmm. he finds himself in the doghouse now, you know, just wasn't wasn't good this week you know got 15 carries but less than four yards a carry which i sound kind of repetitive saying that but that's pretty much the benchmark like the bare minimum of what you want from a running back you know to be achieving and he just didn't do it this week and he wasn't involved in the passing game enough which doesn't Oh, well, he's not really known for that. That's more Aaron Jones. So uh, he had a couple games last year where he, him and Aaron Jones were receiving. That was with Aaron Rodgers. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. Jordan Love seems to really like, even with Christian Watson not playing, seems to really like, you know, his wide receivers and yeah. his tight ends. And 
it's just didn't happen for AJ Dillon this week. Finds himself in the doghouse. He has New Orleans. That's a very tough matchup next week. I'm not sure the status of Aaron Jones right now, but if Aaron Jones comes back, you know, AJ Dillon's probably going to be in the doghouse all season long unless he gets, you know, a random touchdown when Matt LaFleur decides, oh, I'm going to vulture Aaron Jones today. <laughs> yep, exactly. And, and honestly, if AJ or if Aaron Jones was playing in week two, and A.J. Dillon performed how he did. I'm not sure I would have thrown him in the doghouse. No, be- no. Because Aaron Jones was out, A.J. Dillon – so it's a bad bad week for A.J. Dillon to join because now he's in the doghouse. And like you said, <laughs> if Aaron Jones comes back, it's going to be very, very hard for A.J. Dillon. Yeah, and there's no there's no excuse. Like, just because a player comes back, you don't get to just leave the doghouse. Oh, yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. It's only right. performance that gets you out of the doghouse. Exactly. All right. We got uh, three players left, Bob. We're going to talk about Jahan Dotson real quick. It's been two weeks now and no signs of him breaking out, which plenty of us expected, you know, and then and, and a lot of us were thinking that, you know, Dotson is the better value receiver in terms of reaching on McLaurin, you know, similar to like a Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel type of deal where it was like, just get Dotson. It'll be okay. Like, we're kind of learning that that may not be the case. Dotson is only in his second year, so it would be nice to see some improvement. And I'm sure we're going to expect a breakout in year three as well, if that's the case. But as of now, Dotson is joining the bunk mates in the doghouse. I guess he's swapping out with Terry, so he's taking his spot. And yeah, not looking good for Dotson. As long as Terry McLaurin is there, I think he's still going to be scary, Terry. And J- uh, Jahan Dotson is going to be Jahan Dudson. Dudson. I like that. I like that. Give a sh- quick shout out to Sam House. Sam House has been very good. And yeah. I thought, you know, they've played two, you know, pretty mediocre defenses so far. So we'll see if he can continue his good play. Yeah. But, now they have Buffalo and Philly. So yeah. it's going to be tough for Dotson to get out. Yeah, so well, it's going to be tough. This is where we're going to find out if this commander's offense is legit with how yeah. under center now. But yeah, Dotson was a guy that you know people called him a sleeper, but it's not you're not really a sleeper when everyone's talking about you. But again, you know, only two weeks in, he's not a guy that I'm like super concerned about. As long as you're not relying heavily on him, as long as you didn't draft him as like your wide receiver too, he's got he's a guy that you know, could come on later in the season. I just don't think he'll be getting out of the doghouse this week against Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And then up next, we got Jameer Gibbs. And Gibbs. (laughs) I'm not happy about this. Uh, I think it's a little. I think it, again, it's the expectations thing. I think it does need to happen because especially on fantasy Twitter and all the fantasy gurus the dynasty gurus were all were all over Swift or excuse me Gibbs this season and you know in some leagues you know depending on your PPR formats and whether it's half or full you know he's been putting up double digit points but the usage really just hasn't been there yet uh week one 27 percent of the snaps which was expected but still and this week even with Montgomery going out he played 48% of the snaps. You know, the guy Craig Reynolds came in and they used him a decent amount. So yeah, this Dan Campbell just seems to like to 
you know, use two backs. And I think this is what you're pretty much going to be getting with Gibbs all season long, you know, and (laughs) unfortunately I do. I, he could have some, some boom games, but it looks like his floor is pretty safe. I will say that. So I think, you know, what is his standard for getting out of the doghouse? Cause we're putting him in, in some leagues where he scored like 14 points. Oh yeah. I mean, if, if Monco is out next week, Gibbs has to, Gibbs has to show out, you know, I want to see 12, 13 points. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we for need a first round draft pick in, you know, the NFL. I think that the expectations are still high. I think he's been given the benefit of the doubt because he's a rookie. They're working him in, but let's just not forget what Dan Campbell said that we're going to be using him in mysterious ways or whatever. And I, think- I guess he was right. This is one of the most mysterious ways that I was expecting. I wasn't expecting him to get the this little amount of points. So yeah. I guess he was kind of telling us that. Especially when you look at over at the other star rookie who has been living up to expectations, you know, and hasn't even been used nearly as much as, you know, we thought he was going to yet, but he's been putting up 20 plus points, you know, so far. So Bijan looks amazing. And there were some people that were crazy enough to say that Gibbs was going to be better than Bijan this year. People who want to be right on like the craziest takes. Yeah. So (laughs) again, again, it's maybe it's a little unfair because he has been decent so far, but with the expectations, Gibbs finds himself in the doghouse and going up against Atlanta with Montgomery out. I think he has a good chance to get himself out. If we could see, you know, maybe, maybe an 18 point game. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's totally out. If that is, that's the case. All right, let's close this one out, Bob. Another one. I mean, the, the criteria is getting strict for these players. Let's end it with a quarterback. The only quarterback joining, um, I guess, Justin Fields and Joe Burrow in the fantasy doghouse, and that is Trevor Lawrence, who Paul said was going to be a league winner in 2023. I think he Paul said that he was – I don't think he guaranteed that he was going to be QB1, but he said that he wouldn't be shocked if he would be QB1. Yes. And it's not – looking like that so far he's qb 23 right now through two weeks and with the addition of calvin ridley and you know he's in he's in his uh third year now everyone expected him to take that huge leap and again it's only week two not hitting the panic button or anything but he finds himself in the doghouse after a 10 point performance against the kansas city chiefs who actually have a very good defense now so let's not you know get that twisted it's not the chiefs defense of past years that yeah. were swiss cheese but still we're expecting we were expecting a massive leap from trevor lawrence and we just really haven't seen it yet he was okay in week one he put up 18 points but week two was god awful 22 for 41 216 yards didn't even throw a touchdown pass basically got bullied by the chiefs defense all week long Thankfully, he does play the in a division matchup, the Houston Texans next week, where I okay. think he will get himself out of the doghouse. Yeah. And their home as well, which will help. Perfect. All right. So those guys are now in the doghouse. They're going to have to perform well twice in a row in order to become free. Again, if they perform well next week, then they will be put on the probationary portal. Next week, we're going to be going over 
Who in the probationary portal is free? Who in the probationary portal is going back in the doghouse? Who from the doghouse is going to probationary portal? And much, much more. Uh, we appreciate everyone viewing in on YouTube. Go ahead, like this video, subscribe to our channel. Everyone listening on Apple and Spotify, we will talk to you next week. And that'll be for week three. See you then. Peace. Peace.